This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses to win these expenses. I got expenses to win these expenses. I've been winning all the work. I've been winning all the work. I've been shutting down the stars. I've been shutting down the stars. When it rain and it pours and it rain. Welcome to Put That Coffee down the freight sales show for closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host today. We have a very special episode talking about freight tech. Talking about freight tech, we're going to talk about implementation of freight tech, not just on the technical side, but more importantly, on the user side and user adoption, which can always be a challenge. And I think it's something that um, my guest, Omar Singh, um, president and founder of Surge Transportation knows a lot about. So we'll talk to Omar here in just a second. But before that, I want to announce our annual Freight Check Top 100 Awards. The nominations start on July 5th. So we'll be announcing those during F3 here in Chattanooga on November 3rd. But the nominations, the first step in the process, starts here on Tuesday, right after the July 4th holiday. So July 5th, everything will be opened up. We'll be promoting that. You can find where to nominate on FreightWaves.com. And we'll have all that published next week. I'll be out here uh, touting the Freight Tech 100 week after week, as well as FreightWaves Now and throughout FreightWaves TV and FreightWaves.com. Um, but yeah, we start with July 5th. So anyone can nominate uh, a Freight Tech company to, to be included in the top 100 we take those nominations, and then we have a, a special committee of industry experts who then vote on the top 100, and the top 25 goes to the auditing company where they tabulate the votes, and then it's announced on stage at F3 on November 3rd. So it's that time of the season. Uh, we've had some, some really great companies be part of the top 25 and moving up and down. So if you have a freight tech company that you want to nominate, someone out there that has uh, really boosted your business, by all means, go to FreightWaves.com here on July 5th and submit that nomination. Very easy to do and, of course, free. So with that, let's talk about implementing freight tech and some of the challenges and hurdles on all sides with my friend here, Omar Singh from Surge Transportation. Omar, how are you doing today? Kevin, good to see you. Always I'm in the Florida office today, if you notice the different background. so Yeah. How's, uh, how's the Florida office doing these days? Oh, it's doing well. You know, we, we, we brought everybody back in, in October, moved into a, a new space. We had been remote for, uh, for two years down here, and, um, and it's going great. You know, um, couldn't be happier to bring some life back into this office and build this team again. So, good, good, good. Fun. So let, let's talk about building teams. Let's talk about what's needed to build teams. And in and, and these days and times, it's is all about technology to really boost the efficiencies uh, of any freight brokerage. And the more technologies, the, the, the better, you know, the more efficient you'll be working, the more sales you'll be doing, and the, the bigger the margin, right? 
That's the idea. That's the hope, right? <laughs> that's a promise, right? Right. Yeah. That's so, the promise. Well, Not, yeah. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's the promise. That's, so, because exactly yeah. yeah, it goes back to the freight tech with top one hundred. There's a lot of businesses out there, a lot of technology for the, the the freight industry. A lot of those are new technologies, just because you know the the big boom in freight tech's only been around five or ten years. Um, right. So there's a lot of different options and a lot of competitors uh, offering the same uh, solutions. And, you know, you, know you, you talk about the end result of, of having that application or having that technology in-house, but even the shopping phase of the, the whole process can be confusing and overwhelming and, and, and difficult. Yeah, it is. I mean, I would say from a, from a consumer standpoint, yeah, there's almost endless options it seems like for you know whether it's a you know a pricing tool or analytics tool or a carrier sourcing tool or safety monitoring tools you know even you call it you know dozens of load boards now it's sort of you know you want to keep an open mind to saying i want to see everything that's out there evaluate everything that's out there and then choose the best product for for my team for my workflow or business model mm-hmm. whatever it is but it's almost impossible to evaluate everything out there because it just keeps on coming or there's so many options. So at some point, whoever kind of gets your attention, um, you know, you have to ultimately, I don't know, we can't look at everything, look at two or three and pick one and go, you know, you really can't, Uh, you really can't. I I always get people who uh, Mm -hmm. hit me up, ask me about recommendations for TMS systems. Uh, Because, I mean, it's it's very difficult to shop for TMS, and I I tell them all the time, I've used two of my life as a freight broker. Uh, I've talked to to numerous TMS companies, you know, just, you know, as a part of the show and and being at Freight Waves and and the the media side, but I haven't used any of those, right? So I I can't really give you a recommendation. I I can tell you uh, who's using it and kind of connect you with those people there, but as as my own evaluation, especially for TMS systems, and, and it goes with a lot of technology. And I'm, I'm not a day-to-day user, so uh, there's little, very little guidance I can give, and it's hard to, you know, uh, differentiate between uh, different different names and different, you know, just uh, as a TMS, right? If I just use that as an example, right? There's a lot of TMS companies out there, and, and the difference between them, I, I, I can't really give you the advice for it. Well, yeah. And then also with those, I think it's, you know, what size is your company? What are your real needs? What kind of horsepower do you need? You know, do you need an enterprise level? I know, you know, when we started Surge, we um, started out with one of the monthly subscription web-based you know, TMSs that is super scalable. I think uh, I call it $500 for the first user and $100 every additional user, you know, something like that. So, so your out of pocket can be you know five hundred seven hundred dollars a month, and then kind of as we we're growing and we believed we were going to stay in business and really be able to make a run in this industry, then you know purchase one of the larger kind of enterprise level platforms with uh, just more robust options and capabilities. Mm-hmm. But that that's a big out of pocket expense. It's not a monthly subscription anymore. You know so yeah. Um, so they ask you what TMS is. Well, kind of tell me about your business. You know, do you have three people? Mm-hmm. Do you have 10 people? Do you have 100 people? You know, because um, that different TMS is for different size companies for sure. 
It is. So the shopping experience is difficult. The technology piece of the actual implementations or integrations complicated. But, but let's focus in on maybe the most complicated at all. Getting your team to buy in and to actually use yeah. the system because you can go through the shopping experience, you can battle through the tech, but if it's not being used, all that's for naught. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think I'm on, on a bit of a confession tour here this <laughs> month and in, 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 in talking about it because because I do, I, I feel like I really research these products and, you know, uh, different tech options. Well, and I put a lot of time and energy into it. And, you know, I feel badly that, you know, my, uh, the, the vendors put a lot of time and energy into coming to the office and, um, you know, selling, selling their product. Right. And if it's not coming to the office, it's at least, you know, online meetings. And then I put all the time into making the decision for the company, but, just truth be told, I, I'm learning the hard way that I didn't put enough time into onboarding the team, getting their buy-in, you know, showing them everything that um, the the vendors showed me, you know, for hours and hours and multiple mm-hmm. visits and multiple conversations, and kind of just thinking to myself, oh, if I say I vetted this product, let's use it; it's going to be good. That people will say, okay, we're going to use it; it'll be good. And um, it's not the experience that we're having at all. Uh, you know, everything's been working here for a long time, doing it the way that, you know, we've always done it. And then people go, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't need a new product. Uh, everything's just fine for me. And um, that's been a real challenge. So we're working on it. But um, but it's hard because now I'm, say, you know, 90 or 100 days into something being available and people decide, well, no, I, I, I haven't used that. It's been here. And so I don't really want to use it. And we try to retrain and reintroduce it and see what product release, you know, 1.2 is out. And, um, and it's a real challenge. So, so we're struggling with it here. I mean, it's exciting to see new products that are out there and it's exciting to try to implement them. But yeah, when it just falls flat at the user level, kind of, you know, I, shame on me, I guess, I have to say, because I think that if, if I had prepared the team better ahead of time, we probably would have gotten better results. And so now we're kind of reverse engineering that. But um, hindsight's, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, for it's, sure. It just is. So let's go back to, you know, you're talking about getting everybody more involved. You know, what have you learned from the process if you had to do it over again, what would you do differently when it comes to, you know, rolling out different technologies? Well, I would say probably a few things. Number one is the buy-in, right? I, I, I wrote that little tagline. If you don't have buy-in, then don't buy it. Because, you know, I bought several things first and then thought I would get buy-in and, and I didn't. And so, and, and a lot of tech is, it can be expensive, right? And it adds up, mm-hmm. especially if, if you, you know, do multiple, you know, options to see what works best. But so I think buy in first before buying it is, is one of the things I would do differently. The other thing is, you know, with a lot of this automation and just trying to capabilities of doing more with less, I'll use say a book it now capability um, for, you know, different integrations to to our TMS, whether it's the large legacy load boards or, or other companies that are coming out with their own. Um, 
is that it takes away the carrier sales reps commissions if something gets booked automatically, unless you build all kinds of mm-hmm. rules around it. But um, the incentive comp is is huge. I think it's been huge in our company to say we're going to introduce a technology which, unless we, we really think carefully about it and how to deploy it and incentivize it across the team, to a certain extent, they don't they, they're losing incentive if they let automation come into the workflow. So it's kind of how do how do we bring automation in to make you more efficient, but not lose any money or, or lose commissions? And so, so we're struggling with how to kind of um, assign either carriers, you know, to reps or locations to reps or customers to reps, so that if something gets booked automatically because of a relationship, that that rep is getting recognized. And that's been that's been a really uh, honestly a really big challenge in, in some of the products that we're trying out right now. So, um, so, but that's another part of buy-in, right? The buy-in for, for understanding that it's going to be good, but also the buy-in on incentive, you know, what's in it for me. Um, you gotta, there's yeah. gotta be something in it for them. There's gotta be something more. It certainly can't be punishment. Um, you know, that we're going to let automation come in and not replace you, but, you know, and add to our overall capacity. Um, it's easy to say yeah. that, but, you know. So. Yeah, again, we're talking to Omar Singh here from Surge Transportation, and I forgot to mention, it's all based on your article on FreightWaves.com that you published earlier in June, Obstacles to Implementing Freight Tech, so you can go to FreightWaves.com and, and pick that up too. Yeah, so I, I think automation has kind of morphed in from, you're not being replaced, but it's almost like another competitor uh, in with you on the automation because... I mean, frankly, you want to automate things, not to, to trim expenses a little bit, but to, to make it simpler, faster, easier for everyone involved, which kind of cuts out the, the salesperson in a right. lot of respects. So that's almost like a competitor. It reminds me of The Office, the, the episodes uh, where the, <laughs> the, they built the website and they wanted all the salespeople to, to sell and then book it through the website where they didn't get commissions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because you're right. It's like so. As a company, we're thinking if I if I create this automation, then the company can keep growing without adding or whatever. But then you go to your reps, and they say, you know, what's in it for me? There's nothing in it for me if I go if I book it through the website. There's nothing at all. So why why would I push this product onto you know our carrier base? I want them to call me and deal with me. So there's there's literally nothing in it for me unless you revamp the whole customer assignment and carrier assignment in this organization so that somehow I get recognized. There's, there's just nothing in it for me, so I'm not going to use it. Um, and that's that's a challenge to revamp. So it's kind of like either asking them to revamp the way that they do their work or asking us at the, you know, sort of management level to revamp our, you know, compensation structure. And so that's, yeah, it's exciting that the technology promises you you're going to be able to do more with less, but someone's revamping something. You know, mm-hmm. and and that part of it's not easy. So, so you have the competition competition aspect of it. You know, a lot of people in logistics are, are kind of set in their ways. When something works for them, they are they, they don't really like change. They don't really like change. They like to do things the way they've always done it. If it and, ain't and, broke, don't fix it. Exactly right. So you have vendors trying to sell you technology, and then you have to turn around and. And as you said before, it's like, well, I vetted this. This is great. People are just going to use it. It's almost like you have to, like, like you're a carrier salesperson too, right? You're going to turn around. You have to sell a load. You have to sell 
the technology to your entire team. You can't just expect them to follow your lead. You, you kind of have to, to, to really get into the sales game and sell it. Yeah, it's, well, you're right. Yeah, it's completely internal competition. It's completely internal competition. So that's been, I, I think, the biggest struggle. And we're still struggling with it because revamping comp and revamping incentives mm-hmm. is, these are big deals. And no, no one really yeah. likes it when you tweak that either. Right. So, yeah. So, you know. And if we move outside of maybe even competition, like like tools to make your your life easier, your team's life easier. Right. It, it, it doesn't mean touch compensation. It's really like making their, you know, non-productive or tedious detail oriented or details that are tedious and no one likes to do, like entering, you know, entering things on the CRM. Uh, maybe there's not any technology to, to cure that, but to, to free up your time to do what you really want to do, it, it, it still, it takes a lot of internal sales to, to really sell people on trying to do something different, introducing new steps into their workflow. Yeah, it's, it's the change factor. You're right. I mean, people, if you're already successful at what you're doing, and, and like you said, in introducing, you know, the freight tech companies, this is really kind of five, 10 years old, and some people have been doing it, you know, for decades and so you kind of say you know you've been doing something well for so long you've been doing something well for 10 years you've been doing something well whatever for 15 years and it's always worked and you've always been profitable and you've always had a carrier base or a following or you know develop customers and now we want you to do it differently because we think you're going to do it better it's kind of like yeah right now i don't think i want to do it differently i think i just want to keep doing it well and everything that's always worked for the last 10 years is always also going to work for the next 10 years. And, and that's the thought, but you know, is it always true? I guess time will, time will tell, you know, so some of these things have to be adopted, I think in the next, mm-hmm. so call it five or 10, but some of them there's, there's an old guard and there's an old way of doing things that's always worked. And, and you're not going to tell them that it has to change. You know, it's hard. But well, even if you're sales, sales is like running your own business as well. You're running your own book. As a company, you always you, you have to innovate. You have to get ahead of the curve. You right. have to get out there and innovate. And if you're sitting at a desk working for somebody else, you still have to innovate and get ahead of the curve. That's job security. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the expectation. You know, I think I, I forget who I was talking to recently uh, was saying we, we used to go by the rule of one person per million dollars in revenue in terms of headcount, just got at a high level. And, so with all of the technology that's coming out, it's, you know, now it's really um, one person per $2 million in revenue, you know, and, and they think that like in three years, it's going to be one person per $5 million in revenue and in seven years, it's something like one, one person per seven. And, um, and yeah, how do you not, how do you not, you know, kind of stay on that curve if, if five years from now, that's what it is, you can't have a company that is still stuck at, you know, the one in one. Because your competitors are just going to be able to do more with less, and then then you can't compete, you know. So it's a real challenge to to innovate and to stay with the changing times, to stay with the times. Um, otherwise, we'll get left behind. But that's 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 hard change to ask for as well. So so uh, let's let's look at getting buy-in and and look at the importance and, and kind of maybe some best practices. Of, of getting your team involved, getting the, the everyday user involved in the entire buying process, buying implement, implementation process. How important is it to have 
at least a committee or representatives from everyday users being in, sitting in on, on, on vendor meetings, um, sitting in on integrations, making sure that they understand it and, and bought in before you, before you do all that and all of a sudden it's just sitting around collecting dust. Well, I think that's what I'm learning. I've learned the hard way. Maybe hopefully I've, hopefully I've learned it, right? And it's not just, um, uh, I, I won't make the same mistakes going, going forward. But yeah, yeah. But I think I kind of did a lot of those deep dive evaluations on my own and, you know, perked up when I saw something that was really exciting and I could share with the team and decided to, to roll it out. But but you're right. I, I did a lot of those demos and evaluations by myself. And, and you're right, you know, we've got, we've got big conference rooms in our offices, we've got, you know, computer monitors, TVs on the walls, we've got, you know, enough capacity to at least roll it out to, to team leads and have them go through all of those, essentially, demos to learn what the product really is, and what it offers to the team. And I think I would go so far as to say that's the most important because because that's where we are now, right? If the user mm-hmm. uh, isn't going to pick it up, you know, it's it's just it's just sitting there collecting dust. And so, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I think on a go forward, you're right. Like these have to be decisions by committee, right? They can't be decisions by uh, trust me. I sat in on the demo, and this is going to be good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, you know, we're now finally, I think, at a size of company where we have, um, you know, pod leaders and managers and branch managers and, and, you know, different level of kind of responsibility that's being delegated and spread across the company. And, and yeah, definitely it's, it's time to start doing things by committee, even, you know, of course, we're doing it at the operational level, but we haven't been doing it at the, at the tech integration and implementation level. And I think that's exactly what we need. I mean, I love it. It's a, I, have the, I have the ammunition now to, to, to say we're going to do all, make all of these decisions by committee. It so. is so important because, I mean, we, we can throw around direct costs, you know, exactly what this piece of technology, you know, what, what I'm getting invoiced for. But, but I, I really want to highlight the fact the indirect costs involved, those time and resources leading up until that invoice can be considerable. And if you're not using that wisely, you, uh, you, you're, you're incurring a lot of indirect costs that, that you might not realize until after the fact. Sure, yes, huge opportunity. And then, you know, it, direct costs, indirect costs, and I would even say, almost at the expense of long-term kind of cried wolf type of mm-hmm. environment where, yeah, if you keep on stepping in front of your team and saying, we have this great new thing and it's going to save you money and you're going to be more efficient. And if only you could just, you know, uh, use it, adopt it, and then it falls flat and then you try it again and it falls flat, you try it again. I mean, how many times, you know, do you want to have that conversation and that experience yeah. before people just tune out? You know, and they will. So. That, that they will. That that's a, a real danger. Uh, Omar, we have a couple minutes left. Let's talk about the market. What, you, what you're expecting for the, this back half of 2022, and and what you're seeing right now. Well, I mean, I think all of us are seeing what people are calling a market correction, right? Where you know, um, freight volumes, of course. Um, there's there's tender acceptance is extremely high. So I don't want to say uh, freight volumes, a lot of capacity has been added for, for certain. Um, 
And I think everybody's kind of tightening their belt a little bit and, and trying their best to hold on through this correction. You know, um, we're predicting or we're listening to people who are predicting that, you know, it probably is going to last a year and a half. And, you know, there was about a two year, uh, you know, supply chain disruption. And, you know, I guess we're sort of thinking a year and a half, a two year correction. Um, so, so luckily we have a really large sales pipeline and, you know, with our TMS integrations and kind of um, all of the efforts we have on kind of making sure our service levels are extremely high, um, we're still able to grow and add customers. And so we're grateful for that. I think revenue and number of loads per customer is down a bit, but, um, you know, we're offsetting it by still growing in the numbers. So. Um, but I think it's going to be a tight ride. It's going to be a tight ride for a lot of us. Um, and, and I know a lot of people are predicting bankruptcies with rates being down and fuel being up. And I hate to see that, you know, uh, I know a lot of people know I, I, I went through it myself in 2010. I lost my trucking company. Um, when I bought my first truck, diesel was $1 a gallon. When I went out of business, it was five. And, um, and it's a it's a terrible experience. So I don't wish it on people. And uh, I, I hate that these are the predictions and that these are the times. But I hope yeah, it doesn't last long. I hope it doesn't last long either. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing as well. Thank you again, Omar, for, for joining us here. We're running out of time. But um, Omar Singh, president and, and uh, founder of Surge Transportation. And we'll catch you next week on Put That Coffee Down. I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive.